0: Welcome to season two of the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diakos. On the show, we'll look at the who, what, where, why, when and how of moving out of your education career and into a life you love. In this season, we'll meet ex-teachers who have taken their hobbies and passions from outside of education and created a new career for themselves. We'll talk to people who can support and inspire us as we make the transition and work on identifying the legacy we want to leave in the world. So come along for the ride as we get out of teaching. (laughs) Episode 15 everyone, and welcome to the show. On today's show, I'm very pleased to be interviewing Courtney Young. Hi, Courtney. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. So, Courtney, tell us what got you into teaching in the first place. Yeah.
1: So, context, um, in high school, I really got into reading. Like, I didn't grow up a reader, but I had some really excellent english teachers in high school that kind of sparked that interest and so when it was time for me to go to college i was like well what did i like doing the most Mm. reading analyzing literature um okay so i i ended up being an english uh education major so i double majored Um, got my bachelor's degree in english education and uh, started teaching in the public school system
0: Okay, so what year level were
1: you, were you teaching? So I was teaching 11th and 12th grade English and kind of ran like the gamut of, of, of levels. So we had what's called co-taught, um, which means that there's a certain number of special education students in the room, all the way through, um, I taught AP language one year, I taught international baccalaureate two years, um, So, but mainly 11th and 12th grade.
0: So here in Australia, you'd be very unlikely to give a graduate those higher year levels. How did you manage to secure that role?
1: Yeah, it's what was handed to me, actually, right out of, uh, right out of undergrad. And I was just as surprised because at that point I was like 22 and my students were 18. And so I was like, I hope they don't know my age because <laughs> that might cause some management issues. But um, yeah. But yeah, so I I was given those, and I think the principal probably saw my enthusiasm and thought, you know, um, this is what we could use in 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 those grades. So, but yeah, um, that's what I ended up teaching.
0: Fantastic. And so, how long were you actually teaching for?
1: So it was four years. Yeah, four years, all at the same school.
0: Okay. And then and then did you? did you move schools or did you leave after four years?
1: So I left after four years. Um, and this kind of brings me into, uh, kind of what got me starting, uh, thinking about leaving. So two years in, um, I experienced such burnout. Um, I just felt like my life was consumed by teaching. Um, you know, I was, getting to the school building uh, at at 7 a.m. or before that so that I could be one of the first in line to uh, use the printer if it was working. Um, and then I was staying until 5 or 6 at night preparing and lesson planning and grading and then I'd take things home. And so it was just very consuming and so I just I didn't feel like that was sustainable. Um, so I entered a graduate program, kind of adding more to my plate, um, hoping that it would pay off later, which it did. So I started a graduate program two years into teaching.
0: So um, what, what is, can you explain what that is? I'm not really sort of as maybe familiar as your the US audience might know. What oh yeah, wondering. no,
1: absolutely. So a gra- it was a master's degree program. Okay. Um, and I was studying higher education administration and I was doing it totally online. Um, So it was the type of thing where I would take one to two classes at a time and I'd be doing work for those classes on the weekends and sometimes during the week, along with still my my teaching work, you know, the grading, the planning, all of that, Um, but all in an effort to hopefully leave. So I graduated um, in May of my fourth and final year teaching. Uh, And a week later was, was offered another position that I took.
0: Right. Okay. So when was that?
1: You said, where was that?
0: When, when?
1: Oh, um, so that was, so graduated early May of, I guess that would be 2019. Yeah. May 2019. Um, And then was offered that, that job, took that job and started in very late May of 2019 and did not look back.
0: So you, so you were only actually teaching for four years. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So a nice short career. So most of the people I talked to have been, you know, dragging out for decades. <laughs> so yeah, you, you yeah. didn't take long to pivot.
1: No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, and it's funny. I, I had some guilt two years in thinking, oh, you know, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I, I turned to other teachers to kind of seek advice. And it was very split. Some people were like, you know, you should get out now while you can. And other people were like, you know, you should just give it give it a few more years. The kids really need you. So that's, I took all of that into consideration and ultimately decided to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and I think, um... I think when you're younger it's kind of easier maybe to be a bit more flexible when you're not as bogged down with, you know, family commitments, mortgage. And I know a lot of the people I that I work talk to and work with who are a bit older have young adult children who they're still kind of half supporting and elderly parents. And that's really hard then to, to change your job as well. You've got a lot happening already. And so to get out when you're relatively young. Um, and start something new seems like a r- really wise plan to me.
1: Just- yeah, absolutely. And I, I did still experience some of those some of those hes- hesitancies. I do have a house. I have a mortgage. Um, I was thinking about that. Um, you know, I was concerned initially that I wouldn't be able to find something that paid as much, even though it wasn't a lot to begin with. Um, but you I didn't. Mind me to- asking
0: how much approximately, how much you were earning as a teacher.
1: Yeah. So I started at, uh, about Mm 45,000 and in my four years, at the end of that four years, I was making, uh, about 49.
0: Right. And that's us dollars, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so as you were about to leave and you worried about all those things and paying off your mortgage and everything, how did you overcome that, that fear, that hesitation?
1: Uh, Honestly, I I went to therapy about it um, because while, while experiencing that hesitation, I was also experiencing some anxiety with going into the classroom um, kind of day in and day out and just having the burden of all of the, all of the things that come with being a teacher um, on me. So I went to therapy and, and kind of worked all of that out. And the biggest takeaway there was you know, ultimately, like, what, I, like, I need to prioritize myself. And I'm not even able to give my best self right now, because I am so burnt out, right. Um, so I I really worked on accepting that and accepting that this would be the best thing for me. And everything just kind of fell into place after I believed that.
0: Mm. Did, Courtney, do you think that if the school hadn't put that that load on you of the, the higher year levels, the senior year levels, and the huge responsibility that is to get them over the line to get into further study. Um, would that have made a difference to your career?
1: No, not at all. I really enjoyed um, working with juniors and seniors. And I think that, um, you know, they're they're like almost adults. And I think, you know, in retrospect, that's what I, I prefer to work with adults. Um, I think really what did it was the big class sizes. Like that's that's a national issue, right? It might be international, I'm not sure. But I had 40 students, you know, in my AP class and that should never happen. That's a lot. Um, it is a lot. So, you know, I had an average of about 35 in all of my other classes. And so all of the work that comes from those things combined, you know, like if I'm assigning an essay that's 35 or 40 essays just for one class that I'm having to grade and get back in a timely manner. Um, there's kind of the way we do uh, standardized testing that kind of puts a burden on teachers. Um, the way they, they do teacher evaluation isn't necessarily uh, the most objective way to do it here. Um, so all of those things combined just, just kind of became a lot.
0: Yeah, that sounds huge. That, uh, have that many essays to mark. How long would it take you to write to mark an essay?
1: Gosh, uh, it depends. So if I were grading an AP Lang paper or an uh, International Baccalaureate paper, um, you'd say maybe 15 minutes per essay. Times um
0: 35.
1: Right. And at least on a weekly basis, because those are higher level courses. Those are meant to be like college level courses. Mm. Um, And they also are preparing for, for those standardized tests. Right. So we have to keep that, that level of rigor up, but for one teacher that's really just not sustainable unless all you do is work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's no social life. There's no balance. There's no harmony. Right,
1: exactly. I mean, there, there was a point where I really was just like working and sleeping, and that was kind of it. Hmm.
0: Okay, so tell us what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, so um, I had mentioned that I earned my master's degree in higher education administration. Um, so my day job, I am working uh, in college graduate admissions as an admissions counselor. Um, And then I have a a business of my own uh, where I, well, it's really two faceted. So I offer career services, resume writing and cover letter writing. And then I also offer um, educational services, which is essentially writing, being a writing tutor, um, where I give asynchronous sessions or synchronous sessions, depending on what people want.
0: So tell us a bit more about what, what are the writing tutoring look like? So when you say asynchronous, tell us what that, how does that work out in practice?
1: Yeah. So a synchronous session looks like myself and a student, a college student, preferably uh, meeting in zoom. And beforehand they will have sent me their um, assignment rubric and instructions. And we're just kind of talking out, um, how to go about the assignment. So I was actually a writing tutor uh, when I was at university. Um, and I did that pretty much the whole time I was there and loved that. So I'm really happy to be able to get back to that because um, that's essentially what this is. So that's a synchronous yeah. session. It's, it's 30 minutes in Zoom where we're kind of talking over the assignment, generating ideas, coming out with a thesis, depending on the type of assignment it is or an outline for the uh, asynchronous sessions. This is somebody has written a rough draft and they just want a second pair of eyes on it. So they send it to me and I will give suggestions on content as well as uh, grammar, syntax, diction, all of that. Mm,
0: Fantastic. So it's really just like a honing and cleaning up a piece of writing so that it's more at a higher academic standard. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, cool. sorry. When I say just, I don't mean just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I. I like a lot of work. And I know when I was writing my um my assignments for my masters, I was never organised enough to get anyone to look over my work beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it sounds like <laughs> yeah, a great yeah. service for the organised student. All right. So, um, tell us about the resume writing side of things then. What what is that? So you've got you've actually kind of got three jobs. You've got your 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 paid job and then you've got your business, which is your, your writings tutorials. And then you've also got the resume and cover letter writing. So tell us about that side of things.
1: Yeah. So for that, I think a lot of people when they go to apply to positions will come up with a very generalized resume and send that out to like 50 you know, different uh, job postings, and then they don't hear anything and become really frustrated. Um, I've found that really in order to create an effective resume or cover letter, um, one has to really hone into what an individual employer is looking for. Um, So even down to using the same verbiage that's used in the job posting, in the resume, because especially if you're if you're applying to you know a big a bigger company that has you know an HR department that'll just read your resume through a computer that picks out keywords, you want to make sure that those keywords are there. Um, but that takes a lot of work uh, and a lot of time, a lot of research, um, and so people aren't aren't necessarily willing to do that. But I am willing to do that for them. So that's what I do. So essentially. I have a questionnaire that I'll send to uh, clients and they will fill out their work history and leadership roles and education and then they'll attach um, a couple of job postings that their their ideal job that they'd be looking to get and I, I create their resume and or cover letter
0: Wow. So, so I imagine that you might potentially create a resume for someone and then have them come back to you two or three times to help craft a really great cover letter so that they can apply for different jobs as they find them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: And so how long does that process normally take?
1: Uh, It it very much depends. Um, It could be, I could spend maybe three to four hours just kind of doing research on a particular field um, just so I'm feeling comfortable creating a resume around that role Um, and then maybe another two or so hours um, just actually generating the the documents.
0: Right so from the client's point of view how what's sort of the lead time for something like that?
1: Yeah so standard I give my myself five business days um but i also offer rushed services on a on a regular basis you know um just kind of depends on what what people want um you know when you're and i remember this like i'd be when i was looking for jobs i would see that oh you know this job posting closes in two days and I yeah. really need to put the time in to get things done but that was difficult when I was a teacher because I was busy grading and so then it became do I put time into my resume or do I put time into grading papers um yes, so yeah I'm, there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so I'm happy to offer rush services um just on an individual basis
0: yeah. Awesome. And so if someone wanted to get in touch with you for, for one of those things, what would be the best way to contact you?
1: Yeah. So I do have a website. It's uh, cyWritingspecialist.com. dot uh, com. I also have uh, an email if they would like to email me directly okay. at uh, CY writing at gmail.com. And then I have a Facebook page called CY writing specialist.
0: Awesome, and I will put all those links in the show notes for this episode too so if you're interested in in speaking to Courtney or getting in touch with her about any of those things you can find that all those details in the show notes so Courtney tell us what do you what do you reckon uh, were the the skills that you took from your years of teaching into your new role or into your new roles actually? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, I would definitely say a big one is customer service. Um, And that might be surprising to some people. Uh, But honestly, as a as a teacher, parents and sometimes even, you know, students um, are seen as customers. And so um, I was able to to kind of take those skills and bring them into my new roles, all of them. Um, and then I would also say there's definitely management skills, you know, managing uh, writing and implementing curriculum, managing just a group of 40 people at one time is, is huge. And that's absolutely transferable. Yeah. Like I th- those are the-
0: yeah, okay. And so apart from you did your master's. Was there any other sort of study or information that you needed to gather in order to do any of the work that you're doing now?
1: No, actually, no, just, uh, just my master's. And, you know, luckily my bachelor's degree was in English and so I'm a decent writer. Uh, So that comes in handy with the resume and the cover letter writing and such.
0: Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. So you actually did this lovely uh, sidestep and you were all prepared already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is great.
0: So if, if you were to encounter an, another teacher who's at that crossroads at that, that point where they're feeling burned out or demoralized by their job and they're thinking of leaving, um, but they're not sure. And they've got all those concerns that you talked about, about having to pay off a mortgage and also just the time and effort that you've invested in your career. What advice would you give to someone in that position?
1: I would say that it's absolutely worth leaving if you're not really happy. Because honestly, like we work for 30 or 40 years and that is a really long time to not like your life. Um, And when I had that realization, Um, That was, that was a really big turning point because I'm in my late twenties and had so many years ahead of me, have so many years ahead of me of working that, like, I just couldn't fathom being in a job that I, that I disliked for, for that long. Um, So I would say, you know, if, if it's meant to work out, then it absolutely will.
0: And so do you have any regrets
1: no, not at all. (laughs) Absolutely none. I'm so happy that I, that I took that leap really a leap of faith. Um, and it worked out as well as it did.
0: Yeah. Great. And so Courtney, before we wrap this up, what's the legacy that you want to leave in the world?
1: You know, I would like to leave the idea that you are never truly stuck um, and that goes for careers and also just life circumstances, right? Um, I think, particularly in teaching, uh, a lot of a lot of teachers will feel, you know, uh, you know, they put so many so many years and all this education into being a teacher, and and now like they feel like they can't do anything else. And I mean, I felt like that for for a little while but that's just that's not true that like it's just not true at all um so i would like to to kind of spend my my life and my time uh helping people realize that that they are never truly stuck
0: awesome that's such a great legacy to leave in the world courtney thank you so much for coming on the get out of teaching podcast today
1: thank you so much for having me it's been a really good time
0: You've been listening to the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises with your host, Elizabeth Diakos. Do you know someone else who could benefit from hearing more stories of hope and transition from teachers all around the world? Please take a moment to share this and other episodes via your podcast app. Each share helps me reach listeners just like you who can benefit from this content. The Get Out of Teaching podcast is proud to be part of the Experts On Air podcast network. For show notes and other resources, please visit larksong.com.au forward slash podcast.